0: Everyday Life series on how God thinks about work, money, business, investing, and leadership, biblical principles from Genesis to Revelation. It's under our Everyday Life category, and you can find the full list of topics we shall cover under this category on our website, jf.foundation, that is j-a-e-f.foundation. I'm excited about this series because we're both going on some sort of scavenger hunt. I've been doing some study on it, and I've picked up some real nuggets on each of these topics. Work, money, business, investing, and leadership. I'm still on a journey of discovery, but I thought I would invite you to come along with me. I've read a whole lot of books, and I'm sure some of you have as well, on each of these topics, and there are thousands of self-help books out there. But I decided to consult the Almighty God Himself on this subject and I said, Lord, I've never really gotten to know or understand what your teachings, what your principles, what your strategy is, how your teachings from the Bible can even be applied to these areas of my life, work, money, business, investing, and leadership. So I asked Him to teach me. So I myself, I'm still taking this class. I don't know when I'll graduate (laughs) because there's a lot to uncover here, but all I am doing during this series is sharing what I'm discovering. I was going to hold off until I reached the end of Revelation, but the first discoveries blew my mind. I was mind blown by the first discoveries that I went. I've got to share some of these principles. I was amazed at at how God thinks and and his thought process and patterns, and I could start to, to map them out. So I thought it was really unique. So there's a lot that God's revealing to me, and I myself, I feel like I've been doing so many things wrong when it comes to work, money, business, investing, and leadership. I'm learning and applying these principles on the fly. Some of these principles might sound familiar. But that's because as we trek along, you'll discover that most of the self-help books out there are actually derivatives from the Bible. But I kind of wanted to hear it from the horse's mouth, so to speak. And one of the things that I like to do as a Christian is apply the Bible to my everyday life. Not many Christians approach the Bible like this. If you're going to tell me that this is the creator's handbook to all things that pertain to life and godliness, then I want to know how it applies to my everyday life. I mean, I want to know that if I'm in a corner, if I'm in a tight fix, if my back's against the wall and I need wisdom and that's the only way out, I want to know that I can open up this handbook and of course with the power and help of the Holy Spirit and find answers the problem that I'm dealing with. So first we shall spend some time decoding one of the most important books of the Bible and of our history as mankind. However, our approach and intent are going to be different from what you would expect and that's why I believe this series is for everyone because we're going to look at the Bible as a textbook, as a manual, we're going to check from Genesis to Revelation, decoding God's thought processes and patterns and see how we can apply them to our everyday lives in the area of work, money, business, investing and leadership. So after we decode God's thought processes and patterns during creation, we shall come through the rest of Genesis to Revelation and covering more of God's thought processes and patterns and see how we can apply them to our everyday lives. Without further ado, welcome to Everyday Life Biblical Principles on How God Thinks About Work, Money, Business, Investing, and Leadership, Biblical Principles from Genesis to Revelation. in to the Pre-Show. This is episode 3 of How God Thinks About Work, Money, Business, Investing, and Leadership, Biblical Principles from Genesis to Revelation. Today's episode is about principles 7 and 8 that we decode from creation. We are continuing to uncover God's thought process and patterns during creation. We hope this episode blesses your heart, so open up your heart and mind and let's dive in. Welcome back to Episode 3 of How God Thinks About Work, Money, Business, Investing, and Leadership, Biblical Principles from Genesis to Revelation. So we're talking about the first 10 principles that we can decode from creation, God's thought process and patterns, and how we can map them into our everyday lives. In the last episode, we covered principles five and six. And just to quickly recap, principle five was be resourceful, and principle six was about you can't get answers to questions you do not ask. What does being resourceful mean? We say that when God had created man, the first things He said was, "God bless them." This is from Genesis chapter one, verse twenty-eight. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, "Be fruitful and multiply." But then He also said, "Fill the earth and subdue it." subdue it, using its vast resources, all its vast resources, in the service of God and man. Actually, the being fruitful and multiplying, that was principle number four, but there was principle number five, which came right after it, which is being resourceful, and we see God saying, fill the earth and subdue it, using all its vast resources in the service of God and man. to subdue it with by using all its vast resources in the service of God and man, we say that there's an expectation from God that we should use all the resources that he has created, that he has made available to us. But we didn't just stop there. So we said on a micro level, you know, you can look at climate change and energy production that God expects us to use every resource created. We said. uh, that means we have to scratch our heads and ask why, how we can safely produce things like nuclear energy. Uh, we shouldn't push that off the table. We also said that, uh, the same goes for wind energy and solar energy. You know, climate change is a very big topic right now, but the whole point is we have to use all our resources. It's what God expects from us. That's his thought process. If God was living through man again, How would he be thinking about tackling the problems that we had? He would go, look, there's solar energy, there's wind energy, there's nuclear energy, and let's use this. Now, we also say that the notion that fossil fuels are a bad thing and that everything should be renewable could almost somewhat be contrary to this statement. Because in Genesis chapter one, verse 37 says, and God saw everything that he had made and behold, it was very good. It was sweet and pleasant, and he approved it completely. So if God created fossil fuels and if we're saying that God is omniscient, that means he knew the downside of it, but the fact that he created them, he knew that they have a purpose. So that's not to say that, we shouldn't um that that we shouldn't keep an impact balance in mind that we shouldn't really look at what are other cleaner options no that's not to say that but that's also to say that we can coexist between fossil fuels as we also start to transition to um uh, other cleaner, uh, other cleaner types of energy production because right now uh, it almost feels like it's a propaganda you know the whole ESG movement uh, seems like everything th- there seems to be this thing where people get one thing that yes there is uh, it's got side effects but then it almost just becomes like a like a like a movement there are some changes to our climate. The climate has always changed. We've gone through hot periods and we've gone through very cold periods and then we came back. So we've gone through this cycle, but we shouldn't consider all options. We shouldn't be one handed. So, again, looking at fossil fuels, someone saying, oh, that's bad, like, that, like we shouldn't use that at all. That's overriding this principle where it says, God saw everything he had created, and behold, it was very good, suitable, and pleasant, and he approved of it. So we have to find a balance. That's the whole point here. We have to use all our resources on a micro level. We should be thinking about solar, wind, nuclear, and so many others that we should be adding to the mix. Now, principle number six was there's only one way you can be resourceful. You cannot be resourceful if you don't even know what resources what resources are available to you. So you need to ask yourself, and you can do that with principle number six. You can't get answers to questions you do not ask. So you have to ask yourself on a macro level and on a micro level. On a micro level, for instance, how would you apply principle number six? On a micro level, as pertaining to your own local, personal, or individual level, you have to ask yourself, Am I throwing every resource available to me to this problem that I'm facing right now? You know, you can use this for your own business, for a relationship. You should be asking yourself, What are all the resources that are available to me to get out of uh, this situation? Create a checklist. And then a checklist will help you to unveil your blind spots. A checklist is, is, is like brainstorming. It forces you to think and uncover all your blind spots. And you go, oh, look, uh, there's something that I'm not considering. And I think I should. So this is what being resourceful means. But before you can even be practical about it, you've, you need to know what resources are available to you. You need to find out if it's a relationship, if it's a career change, you need to know, do I know anybody in that space, in that industry that I am planning to move to, that I want to change to? And have I reached out to them? Have I sent them an email? Can I get a mentor? Can I get someone to mentor me in in, in this thing that I'm trying to do? You need to once you start to map out all your resources, you'll see that you can make, you can start to make uh, gradual progress because you will realize that there's certain things that you're not, that you haven't yet considered. So this is what being resourceful is, but it comes from a key question of asking yourself and saying, and understanding you can't get answers to questions you do not ask. So before you tap out on any problem today, Take a step back and ask yourself, what are my resources, and have I really exhausted all of them? As I said, when in doubt, make a checklist of what you think could potentially be a resource and try to throw it at the problem. Thinking outside the box usually means to take a step back, step out of the environment of all the things that your mind is currently focused on, and try to map out other options. And then you go, okay, so these other things that I wasn't considering that are present to me. So that's just a brief recap of principles five and six. So today we'll introduce the next set of principles, starting with principle number seven. And I love this one. In Genesis chapter one, verse three, it says, then God said, let there be light. And there was light. Wow. This is the light principle. Now, to us, we might not need physical light, but we need mental sight or mental illumination. We need clarity to see our way forward. You see, the let there be, the the light principle is a mindset, an attitude, and this should be your first call to action when problem solving. When you're in a tough spot, when you can't figure out a way out, the first thing you need to go is let there be light. What is light? So we'll get to that in a second. But just this light principle, I think it's fascinating. The first problem that God dealt with as he was creating the heavens and the earth was darkness. Darkness. Again, to ask that can mean darkness of knowledge. That can mean that there's something I do not know. So if I'm in a corner, if I'm backed up against a wall, if I'm trying to innovate some, some new technology, a business idea, if, if, it's, a, if it's even a, a relationship and there's a problem there, there's a darkness of knowledge. There's something you do not know that has you backed up against the wall. You see, the only reason you get into a car and you start driving is you know where you're going. You know where you're headed. And the only reason you honestly keep driving is that you can see the road ahead. So if you got into a car and you know your destination and then a storm came, you have to be forced to pull over or um, you have to be forced to pull over to the side or let's say if you... If for some reason um, something happened and there was something in the road and that that just prevented you from moving forward, you, you you can't move forward. But you need to see the road ahead. And this is the, the light principle is, is metaphoric. This is kind of where we're saying, what could how could we map this? How could we apply this to us? Because God's first strategy was to bring light in. Those darkness, but his first strategy was to bring light in illumination, sight, clarity. His first move was let there be light. Now it's not that God couldn't see, so that's why he needed light. No. The light that God created would provide the illumination needed for the things that He was creating. So. Personally, you and I, we may not need physical light if we're dealing with a situation in our lives, but we need mental sight and mental illumination. We need clarity to see our way forward. So for us, the light principle can be understanding, knowledge, wisdom, power, energy, or information. The light principle would be you going, There is something I don't know about my wife. There's something I don't know about my husband right now. There's something I don't know about this person that I'm in relationship with, there's something I don't know about this business and that's why we're in the red. There's something I don't know about this space. There's something I do not know about my customers and why they're not picking up my products off the shelf. There's something I don't know about my kids, and that's why there's friction. There's something I don't know about my citizens right now, and that's why every publication that we broadcast, they keep on saying false news. It goes both ways. You can apply the light principle in every area of your life. There's a scripture that says that, um, my people are perishing because of lack of knowledge. That's coming from God. That's very, very key. That's very critical. My people are perishing from a lack of knowledge. My people need light. Then there's another scripture that says the entrance of his word brings light. The entrance of his word brings light. When you get revelation, you get light. That's powerful. It's, it's, a, it's a psalm. Uh, I believe Psalm 119 says the entrance of his word brings light. The entrance of understanding gives you light to see ahead, and then you can be able to take your next step. The entrance of his word gives you understanding. When information comes in about your market, about your customers, about your spouse, about your business, about your citizens, about your constituents, about your your colleagues at work, you receive light. So when you're in a tight situation, it means there's some things you are not seeing. It means there's a darkness of knowledge in that area and you need some light. You need some insight to come in and direct your way forward. That's when you go, let there be light. I think this is powerful. You're in a tight situation and you just get a piece of paper and you just write down, let there be light on this situation. So, once we know what the light principle is, how can this light then come in? Very powerful, but principle number eight. Principle number seven and principle number eight are probably my favorite cause I didn't know about this. And as I mentioned on this podcast before, and the series intro, I am taking this class as well. I uh, God's teaching me and I am learning some things on the fly. So, If you see me on the streets and you see me still dealing with some things, please, um, (laughs) have some patience with your boy. Uh, Honestly, there's so many things that I'm just learning on the fly and I was gonna hold back until the end of Revelation, but as I said, so many gems were opening up to me and I was mind blown. I was like, wow, I need to share these things. And when I started to see the pattern and kind of mapping it, I was like, God is a genius. So for us, when he said, let there be light, how does light come in? Principle number eight, separation principle. The separate, the separation principle is very unique and I really love it because In Genesis chapter 1, verse 3 to 4, and Genesis chapter 1, verse 6 to 7, God did something with the first two problems he dealt with. When he created light, light separated from darkness. Remember, this is the separation principle. So in Genesis chapter 1, verse 3, it says, Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, and it was good. And God divided the light from darkness. Other translations say, you know, um, God separated the light from darkness. Now, he separated the light from darkness. And then on day number two, in Genesis chapter one, verse six to seven, it says, And God said, Let there be a firmament, the expanse of the sky in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters below from the waters above. Just let that marinate. The separation principle is awesome. And I'm so excited to apply it. And I'm looking forward. Because what God did here is he was dealing with two problems. The darkness and then the waters. Remember, this was, this was one of the fundamental problems as we've been talking that existed on the planet as uh, as God was creating the heavens and the earth so he creates light and separates light from darkness that deals with darkness but not completely he just separates light from darkness so it's no longer completely dark there is some darkness and there is light he creates a separation between the problem of darkness now then he creates a firmament which is the expanse of the sky in the midst of the waters and separate and that firmament separated the waters above from the waters below. Again, he separated the waters. So when light was created, when light came in, it didn't completely eradicate darkness, but it created separation. When the firmament was created, it didn't eradicate the great waters. It just separated them. So remember how I say that for us, when you say let there be light, light is knowledge, insight, clarity, information. But in order to know how much light we need, you need to apply the separation principle to all your unknowns. You need to create a separation between what is known and unknown. So when you have a big unknown, you you, you separate that unknown into, okay, this is what I don't know, but what do I know about it? Do you see how that works? It's very unique. So you have a big problem with a lot of unknowns and you say, okay, what do I know about this problem and what do I not know about this problem? That is how the separation principle works. What is unknown is is basically everything else you do not know. If you were to create a checklist and you say, this is what I know, and this is what I don't know, you will you'll see how the separation principle works. You will see that I do not know this, but I know this. So as a human being whose knowledge and wisdom aren't infinite like God, this is me going, okay, I do not know the complete purpose of darkness or water. This, this, this was me kind of dumbing down God's genius to like, how would I apply this? So as a human being whose knowledge and wisdom aren't infinite like God, this is me going, okay, I do not know the complete purpose of darkness or water. So I'm going to create something that separates this obstacle or thing into two. When it comes to water. I'm going to create something that moves this thing called water off to the side as I make my way forward. So you create partitions within the problem like God did, and you will be on your way to creating your own earth. You can start out by doing some inventory and creating a checklist. Checklists, as I said again, checklists reveal your blind spots. Create a checklist. This is this is us using the separation principle. So you can start out by doing some inventory and creating a checklist about what you know and don't know about the problem, the situation, the business idea, the market, your customers, your citizens. You can even apply this to your relationship, as I say, by ask, simply asking, what do I know about this person? And what do I not know about this person? Because sometimes you might react to someone, let's say, out in the world from a different background or from a different um, faith, background, country. And most times you, 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 you're you just reacting with just the unknowns. Many a times you're just reacting with, you, you haven't really separated what you know about them and what you don't know about them. And then many a times you realize that what you don't know about a person will tell you why the person acts the way they are, why they react to you the way they're doing it. So it's in your best interest, even in dealing with relationships at work, romantically, business relationships. What do I know about my business partner? And what do I not know about them? And then we're talking about being resourceful as well. You can apply the separation principle and saying, what is available to me and what isn't available to me in terms of the resources? What's the required knowledge? What required knowledge do I have or don't have? Who do I know that is working in this space and who can mentor me? That's you applying the separation principle. So the next step, The next problem that God dealt with was the waters, as I say, that covered the face of the deep. So the the first thing he dealt with was knowledge. The next thing he dealt with was mobility. Now dealing with light gave him mobility. Now think about that. So remember I say to us, we said, let there be light, which is uh, wisdom, knowledge, understanding, information, power, energy. Once we have that, then we can achieve mobility. It's also very interesting that darkness was dealt with before the waters. The waters gave mobility to the things that God was created. So he applied the separation principle again, because of how he solved problem number two, because he created the firmament in the midst of the waters to divide the waters the ones above from the ones below. But it's also interesting that after he did this, then we have space. We are creating more space within the earth and we can be mobile. We can move forward. So you see how all of these things like almost like it's like, it's like a system embedded within itself. It's like, okay, faster, get knowledge. So I'm backed up against the wall. So before I can create anything, I need to separate the waters. But if I can separate the waters, I need light. I need illumination to see the way forward. So I need knowledge to come in. I need wisdom. Once knowledge and wisdom comes in about the situation I'm dealing with, then I can have mobility. Then I can move forward. That's exactly what we see, what happened with God. So you have space, you have mobility, you've created mobility. Mobility comes from... The light principle. So also, what's very interesting is, you you take a notice. uh, What I noticed is that even the first two solutions, so to speak, light and the firmament, light that separated darkness and the firmament that separate the waters, they didn't completely eradicate the existing problems or obstacles. Like when light came in darkness didn't completely go away when the farmer came in the waters were just separated they did not vanish but what they did they created a separation between what is known and not unknown because the remaining unknowns might become the knowns that you need for the problems ahead when you now start creating living creatures and now you say water produce living creatures water what, a, what are the plants? So it's really unique and it, it it's so fascinating and I'm still wrapping my mind around it and I'm like, wow. It's like the first two solutions didn't completely eradicate the existing problems. What they did is that they just separated them. They created a separation between what is known and unknown. Again, just to reiterate, As a human whose knowledge and wisdom aren't infinite like God, this is me going, okay, I don't know the complete purpose of darkness or water, so I'm going to create something that separates you into two, or I'm going to create something that moves you off to the side as I make my way forward. You have to think about it. Meditate on it. I think this is pretty cool. Even a child can do it. It, it's, It's like putting a puzzle together. Now, what's also interesting that I want to cover is as the fundamental problem of the waters covering the face of the deep is being solved, you know, God separating the waters, a cool feature or utility comes into place. Something cool comes into being as God is dealing with the water issue using the separation principle, dry land gets created in the process of separating the waters. Dry land gets created in the process of separating the waters. At the end of these principles, we shall cover God's creation strategy. It's a three-stage process, but more specifically, I like to call it a three-stage concentric innovation process. But just to keep it simple, we just call it a three-stage process. But it's more like a three-stage concentric innovation process. It's this magical way of you, it's a magical way of you, uh, you create a separation, you create a separate something, you separate something big into small circles or pockets and as you do that, it creates new pockets or it it lets you build an outer circle around the first small one again it's it's uh, it's something that i'm still meditating on as i said a lot of these things i am just they're just being revealed to me so think about how the land came into being as the water is separated into its own pockets room is created between those like circular pockets of water and that becomes land and instead of leaving it bare All the next innovations come out of the land, which came out of the water. Talk about no waste. It's magical. So we're gonna expound on this in the next episode. So today we've covered principles seven and eight. Principle seven, let there be light. And principle number eight, the separation principle. In, In the next episode, we shall we shall talk about uh, this three stage process of innovation. It's amazing. It's it's magical how, as I said before, land was created. It's almost like land became a byproduct of the waters being separated. And it's really unique how how like even when land is created like you you just see it further along that when things are created it's almost like something is created and 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 god is like okay just hold your serve stay right there and then he goes and does something else and then he comes back and does this and then and then what he kind of put on pause before now becomes a beneficiary of what he just did or vice versa so In the next episode, we are going to talk about this, how to innovate and build with God's three-stage innovation process. Thank you for tuning in and see you on the next episode. This was episode three of Everyday Life Biblical Principles on how God thinks about work, money, business, investing, and leadership. Biblical principles from Genesis to Revelation. In the next episode, we'll talk about the last set of principles. Principles number nine and principle number 10 that we can decode from creation, at least for now. We'll talk about God's three-stage innovation process that I like to think more of as a three-stage concentric innovation process that we can extract from all of creation. We'll also talk about principle number 10, which is doing self-checks after every completed work. Your host for today was Calvin Cavanda. Thanks for listening and see you on the next episode.